Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. My brother Jess is here for another day with us to talk about how to fall in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, especially when we get through the gospel every day. For those who are brand new, we're just two evangelical Catholics with PhDs and common sense, and common sense is not that common. Today we're going to be talking about, you're going to talk about Bishop, uh, the Bishop of Phoenix, uh, Bishop Dolan, and um, what he's doing in, in uh, the Phoenix Diocese and, and regarding the LGBT Catholics and what is he? What message of ambiguity is he presenting? Also, we've got our friends from Church Militant coming on board with us. And as we talked about yesterday, Saint Alphonsus Liguori, let's keep his material in our fingers at our fingertips because he was a great saint. And again, I want to encourage everybody to buy a book called "The Dignity and Duties of the Priesthood." Send it to your local parish priest because I think that would be efficacious for him. Uh, Jess, are you with us, brother? Oh, Jess is not with us. Okay, well, then I'm going to continue on here. I thought, Jess, we're having some technical difficulties, so that's okay. Also, I wanted to uh, mention that we have conferences coming up. I just was working out the details on the full Sheen Ahead conference. We call it A Day with Bishop Sheen, the 14th of October. Dr. Howard, who's pushing the cause of the beatification of Fulton Sheen, he's got about 10,000 people that signed up for the petition. He's going to come along with Matt Arnold and myself, and we're going to cover Mariology. We're going to cover the Bishop Sheen's teachings on evangelization and also the philosophical approach that Bishop Sheen took, a domestic approach from St. Thomas and how he broke it down to the common Joe. I see my brother Jess is here. Jesse, uh, welcome. And brother Jess, uh, before we go to the gospel, do you have any uh, what we call need-to-know file information? Yeah, the only the only thing that I would like to share <clears throat> that's relevant is that the sound of freedom. Yeah, it's going strong after yeah. four weekends. They're they're up to one hundred and fifty one million dollars. Yep. In, in total domestic box office. Uh, again, in case you don't know what it is, it's the inspiring true life thriller from writer and director Alejandro Monteverde and uh, Eduardo Verastegui. And uh, they they just seem to be crushing it, Terry. And, and Jesse, and that, just, just to jump in, you probably heard the news. The FBI just caught about 150-some young children that were in sex trafficking, and they caught them. And I'm wondering, really, just I'm thinking that the movie is putting more pressure on our government the, uh, to get these bad guys out. And I just want to congratulate the FBI for uh, that sting operation and catching those bad guys that are abusing our children. So let's keep yeah, moving forward. I don't, I don't think that ever would have happened if it wasn't for this movie. Because yeah, I thought I was onto something. Yeah, yeah. this has been, this has been on for decades. Yeah. And 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 now this movie is finally making these cockroaches, you know, start scurrying like. You're saying it nice. Yeah, and these are a bunch of. Uh, we have a bunch of Epstein's. Epstein was just one of yeah. of, of hundreds and hundreds of people that are part of this nefarious business, and I'm glad that this movie spotlighting this this uh, diabolical industry. Also want to mention that the Nobel prize winning physicist, Dr. John Clauser. Yes. He's not afraid to go against the flow. In a July 26 interview, uh, he explained that he carried out his, his early research on quantum mechanics against opposition from some of the field. And, uh, and, and, and what he's basically saying is that we're totally awash in, pseudoscience which means fake science yeah uh in regards to climate change 
So he, yeah, this is a Nobel Prize winning scientist, and he's saying that this uh, that that we are totally as Americans we're awash, we're being inundated with this pseudoscience, which is quack science, uh, regarding climate change, Terry. So I, yeah, again, I, one one scientist after another speaking out. I got some good news in Indiana. A near total abortion ban is now in effect. Uh, that means more babies will be born and more lives will be saved. So I just think that, you know, we're fighting it state by state. And that's what Roe versus Wade when it was returned to the states. And we just got to keep putting the pressure on for life. Jesse, uh, how about some soul food for us, brother? Yeah, you're right, Terry. We'll be fighting this battle until the second, yep. second coming of Christ. Yep. Uh, today's uh, a feast day of... St. Eusebius of Vercelli. St. Eusebius was a model bishop back in the 4th century. He was faithful. He was vigilant. He was long-suffering. His father died a martyr, and the people of Vercelli, Italy, recognized Eusebius, his own ardent devotion, and they elected him as their Catholic bishop. He was inspired by the writings of the Desert Fathers. He, he bought the monastery. He brought the monastery to the city, and he established a strict rule for diocesan clergy. Mm. And, and the emperor, Constantius, exiled the Eusebius in Palestine for his fidelity to, guess what, the Nicene Creed. Exactly. And in, and in Palestine, the yeah. Arian bishop, <laughs> Patrophilus, had him dragged through the streets and thrown in prison. And uh, when he returned to Vercelli, Italy, uh, Bishop Eusebius urged his flock to, quote, guard the faith jealously to preserve harmony, to be assiduous in prayer. He died in 371 AD. St. Eusebius prayed Pray for, for us. us. What a great saint. <laughs> uh, Gospel of Matthew chapter 13, yep. verses 44 to 46. Very short. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure field, like, like a treasure buried in a field which a person finds and hides again and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds the pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When I read this gospel, Terry, I think about, I don't know, maybe a lot of millionaires and billionaires when they die. Yeah. And they get right before, into the into the presence of Jesus Christ into his tribunal. Yes. And at that moment, they're going to look at him in all his splendor and glory. And they're going to say, a lot of them are going to say, I blew it. Yeah. He was the pearl of great price. A treasure. And, and my entire life, mm -hmm. I went around chasing shadows, yep. uh, using people, making money through avarice and greed. And right before me, all my life was this Catholic church where the, Jesus Christ was there in the tabernacle, the pearl of great price, the great treasure in heaven, and I blew it. And here I am now, dying in mortal sin, being judged, and my bank account is going to go to my kids who are going to fight and kill each other for every penny I made. Terry, I'm telling you, that's what it's going to end for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, this... Uh, this parable, it's, it's short. It's, it's a hidden treasure. Yeah. It, it stresses the value of God's kingdom. Yeah. You, you can't put a price on it. And what does that mean? It means that we should be willing 
to surrender any earthly attachments in order for us to obtain that pearl of great price, Terry. Jesse, I've got two funerals today, two tomorrow. I see families, I see, I hear stories almost weekly about someone dying unexpectedly and they thought that they had everything they needed in life and then it all came to an end and a unprovoked death. And so I think you're, you're, this gospel really is good for me, for you, for all of us to realize life is short and eternity is forever. Jim. Yeah, yeah. The, all I want to say is that it, it is Jesus Christ himself yeah. who is that great treasure that's hidden right. it, within the field. Right. And, uh, and, and I hope you find him and I hope yeah. you embrace him and I hope you live and die in a state of grace. That's all that we can ask for. Jess, let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Full Sheen ahead. Jess, I don't know if you're aware of this, but G.K. Chesterton and Fulton Sheen were good friends. It's mm. interesting, isn't it? They knew each other. Now, it wasn't like they got on a plane and saw each other, but they corresponded. And I'm thinking when I have the quote of the day, here's Bishop Sheen with G.K. Chesterton. And Chesterton says this quote, and I thought it was so appropriate for us today. He says, we do not want, as the newspapers say, a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. And I thought of that quote for us today in 2023. We don't want the church to be one with the world. That's just what the world is trying to influence us. Who's influencing who? And so this is why we need to hold up the banner of Jesus Christ in this world and out, just anywhere we can, because the world, the devil, and the flesh doesn't want Jesus Christ. And if we are not going to be bold enough to speak up for Jesus Christ and say, we want to move the world to Jesus Christ, then we're not doing our job as a church. That's right, Terry. Hey, we got a couple of things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, the bishop here of Phoenix, we're going to look at, he uh, he wrote an article for Father James Martin, and, and uh, I don't know about you, Terry, but <laughs> if, if Father James Martin asked me to write an article for his outreach or in his magazine, uh, the only thing I would write is to criticize what he's promoting. To, to, to me, it's it's the Arizona bishop, he, he, you know, he's claiming that the LGBT Catholics possess a sacred identity. So we'll be taking a look at that. We're also going to be talking about uh, the uh, the July's heroes and July's heroes and losers in the world of politics. Good. Uh, that's all. That's always good to, uh, to to share with people. Yes. And then we're also going to have the church militant anchor. They're going to give us an update on church news, politics, and culture. So that's what's coming up. Awesome. And don't forget, check us out at vmpr.org. Tell your friends to download our free app so your friends can listen to us 24-7. Jess and I, we're too blessed to be stressed. You got it. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, hey, we'd be billionaires because we know the meaning and purpose of life. And we've given our life over to the person of Jesus Christ. We encourage you. Do likewise. Stay with us. Welcome back, Jess. We're here on the Terry and Jesse show. We're talking about the LGBTQ Catholics have a sacred identity. And this is your bishop in Phoenix, Bishop John Dolan 
Uh, I'd like to ask, what what is he? You know, can he? It's kind of ambiguous what he means by that. I mean, everybody has dignity, whether they're, of course. you know, so I'm just kind of saying, well, why is he specifying if fornicators or adulterers, they still have identity as, as children of God. But what about the gospel uh, call that says repent and believe in the gospel? Yeah, Terry, I, I don't know, first of all, why any bishop would write an article for a pro-homosexual priest like Father James Martin, unless he agrees with him. Makes sense. Why would you? Yeah, there's a, sta- there's a statement that goes, birds of a feather flock together. Absolutely. And uh, everybody that's baptized had a sacred identity. But yeah. guess what? You could lose a sacred identity yeah. through unconfessed, unrepentant mortal sin. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a short article here. And let me quote his words. The article says, um, yeah, in an interview with uh, this month, Cardinal Designate Victor Manuel Fernandez the soon-to-be prefect of the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. Well, he's another, he's another person who's pro-LGBT as well. He said, without an experience of the living Christ who loves and saves us, we cannot shape our Christian being and concentrate. Here, here's a uh, Cardinal Victor Emmanuel Fernandez. I think he's the one that wrote the book on kissing. He did. Yeah. And he's a big file in the congregation on why he shouldn't be <laughs> doing what he's doing. But go ahead, Justin. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He says, we cannot shape our being, our being Christian and concentrating and concentrating on arguing and debating with everyone will not help mature this development in people. Close quote. What is it? Well, here, it, it first of all, again, ambiguity, Terry. Yeah. That's that's their weapon of choice. But but he's talking about that we shouldn't be arguing. I will say this: the word apologetics yes. appears seventeen times in the New Testament. Biblical. And, and yeah, and the word apologetics means to defend or to vindicate like a lawyer does. Yeah. And and also 47% of the New Testament is basically apologetics. So I don't know what he means by that we shouldn't be arguing and debating. Almost half of the New Testament, that's what it is. It goes on to say, uh, Bishop Dolan says, after reading this and considering my humble contribution to outreach, I, this is Bishop Dolan Phoenix, bishops, I, want, I wanted to unpack the meaning of being Christian. To Catholics within the LGBT, LGBTQ community, I wish to reaffirm your sacred identity. You are Christian, not just in name, but in fact, close quote. Well, Terry, everybody who's baptized is, is a Christian. Of course. But that, that's our sacred identity. It comes from our baptism. That's our union with Christ. But your sacred identity and mine, it could be lost with unconfessed, unrepentant mortal sin. If you're in mortal sin, your good works and your prayers have no merit. He didn't say that. He just he just gave a half truth. That's the problem with modernist Terry. Yes, and and Jesse Saint John Chrysostom said this: how scandalous it would be to praise persons for sinful conduct. See, wow. in other words, this is a sin of omission, at least for not calling them to repent and believe in the gospel. He says. He says this, it is worse than he, adding the quoting of St. John Chrysostom, to praise those who do wrong than to do wrong ourselves. So this is a very serious situation where we need to pray for our bishops, especially, you know, Jess, you're in Phoenix. We need to pray for his conversion because his job is to bring people to Jesus Christ, not to lower the bar and say, we love you just the way you are and you're a person. That's what he did. Bingo. You, that's what he did. Yeah. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, see, that's not, bring, that's not shepherding. What that is is compromising, is my opinion. 
Yeah, the article says, Bishop Dolan says, this being Christian begins with the Spirit of God, yeah. who has been poured out on you through faith and baptism, true statement. Mm -hmm. You've been figured, you've been configured to Christ and branded as Christian, even though some would like to rebrand you and consider you as objects to be discarded, yeah. rather than as beloved communal members of the body of Christ. Well, let me make a comment. Please. I've, ne I've never run across any Catholic in my in my 60 plus years of living on planet Earth that wants to discard a, somebody who's an LGBT homosexual lesbian. Right. I've never I've oh. never seen a Catholic say, we're going to discard you. I have I have homosexuals and lesbians in my family. We've never said we're going to discard you. That statement's not true, Terry. Right. All of us have within our family uh, people who are homosexuals or lesbians. Every one of us with with our own disorders uh, and imperfections and defects all of us must come to the cross the same way. Yeah. Repent, believe in the gospel, confess our sins, amend our lives, and live in a state of sanctifying grace. If we don't do that, we separate ourselves from God. And the bishop doesn't say that, Terry. No, and Jesse, St. Alphonsus Liguori wrote a book, The Dignity and Duties of the Priesthood. I would recommend anybody in the Phoenix Diocese out of lovingly concern for your bishop, send him a copy of that book and say, Bishop, you know, Bishop, what St. Alphonsus, a doctor of the church, says this. He says, bad examples of priests rob Jesus Christ of souls redeemed by his blood. So when you don't give the full gospel, you're giving a bad example. And what you're doing is you're robbing souls from Jesus Christ. And I know you don't want to do that. I assume you don't want to do that. That's why I'm going to add, I'm going to let you know we're praying. We're having masses offered for you. I'm praying holy hours for you. I'm praying my rosary for you because you're participating in a serious sin by not giving them the gospel because those people need to do like anyone else, repent and believe in the gospel. And if you're not willing to tell them that, all right, Jesse, I'm going to say it on the air. Sit down. Get out. Get somebody else in there because we as lay people need shepherds who are going to shepherd them to Jesus Christ. That's right. Let me jump here to the article a little bit lower where it says, Bishop Dolan says, when people rebrand Catholics in the LGBTQ community as sinners, yeah. they not only rupture the being of the other, but their own Christian selves. When people did you hear, when yes. people rebrand Catholics in the LGBT community as sinners, intrinsically disordered, or as persons inclined to disorder, while forgetting that they are Christian, they have not only ruptured the being of the other, but even their own Christian selves. Terry, the prophet Ezekiel tells us, he says, uh, if I say to the wicked, oh, wicked, he says, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and right. the sword comes and takes any one of them, that man is taken away in his sin but his blood I will require at the watchman's hands. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his ways, that wicked man will die in his sins, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, and but you will have saved your life." Terry, there's a thing, it's called in paragraph 2447, the, the, the spiritual works of mercy, which are right. instruct it, it, and advise the ignorant. Exactly. And Bishop Dolan is apparently saying, don't do that, because if you do that, 
you're you're rupturing your being, your own Christian self, whatever that's that how means. I see it. But you know whatever what, Jesse? Means. Remember they quote, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. Think this one through. Let's just say you're a young man in the Diocese of Phoenix and you have a tendency to say have same-sex attraction. And you hear your bishop speak like this. What's the impression you have? I'll tell you what it is. Go ahead, Jess. You're... Green light. Exactly. Green. And so, so now he ends up being an active homosexual. Let's just say he's a normal active homosexual with a couple hundred partners that he's had sex with for the last 20 years. And now he's got STDs and he's very sick and he's dying. And um, he, uh, he, he gets told, hey, uh, what you were doing was wrong because somebody uh, who really loves him tells him the truth. And hopefully he repents of all this and goes to confession and he gets to get to, through purgatory, gets to heaven someday. Okay, but on the other hand, Jess, what happens if that man dies in that lifestyle because a shepherd didn't tell him the truth because, whatever reason, it seems to me that he participates in that sin, and I think that is serious enough to call the bishop and say, Bishop, we love you enough to tell you, stop it. You're helping souls live debauchery, and you're helping souls live a life contrary to the gospel. Knock it off, please. Terry, as I look at this article yep. writ written by Bishop Dolan, my bishop in Phoenix, yeah. there's no call to repent. No, repent, there's, believe in the gospel. There's no call to confession. No. There's no call to amend our life. Ugh. Terry, there's okay. no mention of Jesus Christ. Those are sins of omission. I'll just be objective there, on it. There's no mention of sanctifying grace. Yes. There's no mention of the power of the sacraments to heal you. Yeah. There's no recourse to the daily rosary. It's a very shallow article theologically. And uh, and he asks this one question. He goes, I have come to believe that rupturing or being Christian is the source of sin and disorder. I've never heard that in 2000. I know, but I want to repeat that. Try to figure that one out. What does he say? Say Classic ambiguity. He says, I have come to believe yeah, classic. that that rupturing or being Christian yeah. is the source of sin and disorder. What does that mean? Yeah. He says, we certainly understand that life is chaotic and disordered. Even our age-old Catholic teaching regarding concupiscence acknowledges this fundamental theological construct that due to original sin, our essential goodness has been disordered and we are each inclined to sin. Okay, that second part was good. Yeah. Uh, but, but what he doesn't mention is that God's grace gives us the power to overcome our sinful nature and to become holy. And then he goes over here, he says, sin in Hebrew and Greek means to miss the mark. He says, of course, this begs two questions. If sin is missing the mark, then what is the mark? If original sin is missing the original mark, then what is the original mark? Here's the original mark. It's perfection. Perfection is the original mark. Our Lord says in Mark 5, 38, be perfect. As my heavenly father is perfect. Bishop, Jesus wants us to be perfect. That's the mark. Missing the mark is not missing original sin. No. It's missing perfection. Jesus wants us to be perfect like our heavenly father is perfect. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 14, strive for holiness for by which no one will see the Lord. Once again, Terry, uh, it, it the, the way we get to heaven, whether you're LGBTQ or whatever sin, whatever sin you're practicing and embracing right now, 
You've got to return to friendship with God, live in a state of sanctifying grace. You've got to cease mortal sin because mortal sin separates you from God. Uh, because if you die without true repentance, you'll go to hell. Yep. And the prophet Ezekiel is very clear is that mortal sin causes not only the loss of the state of grace, but also all the previous merit that you've acquired, Terry. I just think he needs to understand the Catholic historic position of original sin. And uh, I don't know if maybe he didn't get that in this seminar. I'm giving him a benefit of the doubt because I'm hearing him not give clear teaching on what original sin is and how we overcome the concupiscence of sin in our lives. So he went to... He went to seminary in San Francisco, and oh, I know, I know, I know, I know a priest that went to seminary with him. Yeah, he he told me he's, he he goes, Jesse, we got horrible formation. Okay, we were taught, yeah. He goes, we got horrible yeah. formation when we went to seminary together. Yeah. That's that's not surprising. We come back, we'll have more on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin, most powerful radio. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, I got to make a comment. Bishop Joseph Strickland, I, I meet him every week doing a, a radio show for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And the guy is so so fundamental on his faith, on truth and the teachings. You just have no ambiguity. And so when I read about your bishop in Phoenix, I scratch my head and say, well, why is he, does he, what does he believe? What, you know, I mean, is he just a figurehead that says, you know, I'm just here and I got... Uh, you know, because I don't see the the zeal for wanting to know what Jesus Christ teaches and the issue of salvation. So I'm, I'm missing mm -hmm. that with your bishop in Phoenix. I think what it is, Terry, uh, I know a priest that went to seminary with him. Yeah. His name, I will not disclose his name. No, no, don't do that. He's, he said, we were so mellow. He goes, we were taught in the seminary proportionalism. Mm -hmm. We were taught... Uh, uh, fundamental option theory. Yep. We we were taught. Uh, he said we were taught. Uh, we had a poor ecclesiology. He says we were taught incrementalism. He told me. Now he's a very holy priest now because he's been studying his faith for forty years. You know, yep. re reading Sheen and everything. Sure. You know, all, all, yeah. Thomas Aquinas. Yep. He says, but our formation in San Francisco. And he goes, and Dolan was a seminary, and he goes, it was poor. He goes, N now, if you don't continue to study your faith after these uh, Marxist seminaries, you're going to end up teaching things like Father James Martin and Bishop Dolan. Yep. You're going to you're going to speak with ambiguity, Terry. Of course, that, that's that's the weapon of the modernists. It's ambiguity. They say a lot. But and you look at them, say, what did you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So just let's uh, you know. So here the yeah. people of Phoenix, because they had Bishop Olmsted as a contrast, who was a faithful man of the church. He'd be there praying at abortion clinics. I mean, he he encouraged men to be men, and it's quite a contrast for the diocese. And I'll just give you an, uh, one of our benefactors, who I call people uh, to help support Virgin Most Powerful. When I called a guy out in the Phoenix Diocese, he said to me, "You know, Terry, I'm going to write a thousand dollar check to Virgin Most Powerful Radio because he said I can't give any money to my diocese because the new bishop is just doing things that I can't support." So I think more people are probably going to do something like that, Jess. Yeah, uh, I think I think you're absolutely right. And uh, one of the things that this bishop also did, he also uh, 
he took in the cathedral yeah. where where Bishop Olmsted used to uh, sure. uh, offer mass, yeah. the Sunday mass. He had kneelers so that people could come and kneel down in front of him and receive Holy Communion. Yeah. Bishop Dolan took off the kneelers, so he he doesn't allow them at the cathedral to come down and kneel in front of him any longer. He won't give anybody communion kneeling down. So uh, yeah, he's he's a far cry from Bishop Dolan but from we, Bishop Olmsted. But we really need to get down and pray for him and the Diocese of Phoenix and hear us in L.A. pray for bishops like that because they got such a responsibility for souls. I think there's you know Phoenix is the fifth largest city in America. Over a million Catholics live there, and he's the one who's going to be held responsible for those for shepherding those. Man, we got to get down and pray for this man because. He seems, from what he's saying, as really just tied into the Father James Martin group, who says we got to accept uh, the homosexuality as being a legitimate expression of love. Now, I know what he did out in San Diego, because the article talks about that when he was an yeah. auxiliary bishop. He was very open to that. So there's no surprise he's doing this, Jess. He, he had an LGBT mass and, and, uh, when, he was, yeah. when he was in San Diego. Of course. And uh, and also something else. Uh, Tell me. Yeah, the Latin masses have been also reduced here under his uh, bishopric. Makes sense. He, yeah, he's he's followed the dictates of the the apostolic letter, traditionis custodis, and uh, and so he's definitely exercised his his authority, and he's really reduced the Latin masses over here. They're no longer allowed to be held in diocesan parishes. Wow. It, it, the only people that can offer the Latin mass is the FSSP. We had two FSSP parishes. Now we're just reduced to one. Uh, and, wow. and those that want to go to the Latin Mass in a diocesan parish uh, have to go to uh, the chapel over in the cemetery. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jesse, yeah. you know what I don't get? You know what I don't get? And I'll just, I'm not a yeah. Trinitine Mass guy, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I go to the Anglican Ordinary. I go to a Latin Novus Ordo Mass. I yeah. go to a Melkite Mass. I mean, I go to them, okay? But... If there are people going to Mass, when we have a time when very few people are showing up to go to Mass, why in the world would you limit the Masses that are packed and say, no, we can't have that? <laughs> I, it just makes no sense to me on the logical level of those six-pack. Do you, you get that? I mean, why? <laughs> Terry, you know, Bishop Dolan also sits on the board of the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. Oh, yeah, he's... And, uh, and 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 Michael Hitchborn has done. He's a Catholic journalist. Yeah. He's done a great job in exposing uh, that the CCHD gives money to fund abortion, uh, LGBTQ causes, contraception, yeah. yep. Marxist and occult causes. Uh, and so, yeah, that's 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 not a good thing either, Terry. No, and you know, Jesse, that's why we here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I don't hear uh, a lot. I mean, a lot of people combat, condemn all these bad bishops and cardinals and bad things that are going on in the church. But, you know, we have a one-two punch. We don't just say, hey, these guys are not in line with the perennial teachings, the deposit of faith. Our approach is get down on your knees, make sacrifices for those prelates, pray for their conversion, because this is the Catholic approach. Not, not, not in politics, what do we do? We say, that's a bad guy, and we're not going to vote for him. But yeah. that's not the church. In the church, our most powerful weapon is prayer. And so that's why on September 2nd here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, Matt Arnold, myself, and my wife, we're going to be leading you in prayer for reparation for the leaders like Dolan and Phoenix and others that are not leading us to Jesus Christ, but 
compromising with the world, as G.K. Chesterton pointed out. We don't want a church that is one with the world. We want a church that is going to convert the world to Christ. Yeah. Terry, something interesting is that when Bishop Dolan, when he uh, when he offered the Mass here, when he was installed as bishop, yes. what was interesting is that there was two very familiar prelates that were sitting right behind Dolan. Mahoney was one, I saw it. Yes, Cardinal Roger Mahoney yeah. and and Cardinal McElroy. Yeah. And the, these are two pro-LGBT bishops yeah. that have covered up sexual predators in their own diocese. In yeah. fact, Cardinal Mahoney paid the highest settlement to sex abuse victims in church history. That's right. He, he paid three quarters of a billion dollar in lawsuit settlements. That's right. And that money came from the laity. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's and, and also in, in one of the homilies that Bishop Dolan gave on uh, it was uh, it was on eight uh, August second, uh, uh, two thousand twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it was on the the magazine, the the diocesan magazine. Together, let us go forth. I get page, that. Yeah, he he basically attacked Catholic media yep. during his installation homily. That's okay. that's that's well, yeah, that's you and I. That's Catholic I was just going to say the media who's who's he and he's also attacking his brother Bishop Bishop Joseph Strickland because his Twitter account talks about the errors in the in in our culture when it comes to sexual morality, and so for some reason Bishop Dolan thinks that if you tell people the truth and charity and clarity, then you're being divisive. I don't agree with that. Right. Right. Uh, Bishop Dolan is also one of the 14 bishops that have signed a statement insinuating that God created same-sex attraction in, in people yep. and, and that such attraction is healthy and normal. That was put out by uh, LifeSite News. Uh, Bishop Dolan, when he was Father Dolan in the Diocese of San Diego, he uh, he had, he when he was a pastor of the church, he allowed uh, homosexual activists to promote dissident views and target faithful Catholics as he celebrated Mass featuring a drag queen activist. That's scandalous. And weeks before his appointment to the Episcopate, uh, Bishop Dolan, or Father Dolan, attended a summit of heterodox of a heterodox group called New Ways Ministry, even after many of his parishioners warned him about the organization's LGBTQ agenda. Uh, also, uh, John Dolan, Bishop Dolan, who's now the head of the Phoenix Diocese, he covered up clerical sexual abuse in San Diego, and he has a history when he was a priest of promoting LGBTQ groups and activities, oh, yeah. in, including celebrating the mass that featured a homosexual drag queen. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So, uh, Terry, uh, but, all, I, all I could say is that, uh, yeah, uh, well, we as Catholics need to, need to uh, bend our knee. Uh, pick up our rosaries and pray prayers of reparation for many of our priests and bishops. Remember what St. Alphonsus Liguri said, a doctor of the church. The bad example of priests, says the doctor of the church, robs Jesus Christ of souls redeemed by his blood. And that's the reason Jess and myself are bringing this up. No other reason. I like the guy personally. He might be, a, I mean, I'm friend, friendly, I guess. But when it comes to doctrinal purity, no. He's robbing those folks of Jesus Christ. And you know what? That's got to stop. And we have to just be quite frank about it, Jesse. We need to, let's pray for the bishop right on the air. Why don't you lead us in a prayer for your own local bishop? Yeah. 
in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Terry, a lot of this doesn't surprise me, and I'll tell you why. Why is that, Jess? Our Lady of Akita, Japan, in 1973, yeah. warned us, said the following, quote, The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres. Churches and altars sacked. The church will be full of those who accept compromises. That's right. And the demon will press many priests and consecrated souls to leave the service of the Lord. The demon will be especially implacable yep. against souls consecrated to God. Uh, the thought of the loss of so many souls is the cause of my sadness. Our Lady of Good Success also says something similar in mm -hmm. 1582. Right. She said, the Holy Sacrament of holy orders will be ridiculed, oppressed, and despised. For for in this, both the church and God himself are oppressed and reviled, and since he is represented by his priests. Uh, the devil will work to persecute the priests in every way. Wow. Up next, Brad with the Church Militant to give us some updates on the news. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess had to leave, but I've got Brad Eli with Church Militant with us. Brad, welcome, my friend. Thank you very much. Nice to be here with you guys. Well, we're blessed to have you here, man. Tell us a little bit of what's going on with the news tonight. What's, what's the major themes today? Well, the major theme, uh, the Pope, Francis, now yep. you brace yourself here. I'm sitting down, Brad. Telling, <laughs> no, it's actually a, a good story. Oh, good, good. Uh, Pope Francis is telling the Indian bishops from the Cyril Malabar yeah. uh, right in India to face east. Now, you got that right. He's, he's actually saying during the liturgy of the Eucharist, which is the part where you're not turning to the people and blessing and preaching mm -hmm. and all that, that's liturgy of the word. But the second part, liturgy of the Eucharist, to go ahead and face east, and uh, the, there's a, a liberal faction, liberal priests down there are in open rebellion saying, no, we're not going to do that. So it's quite a story. Uh, Rome Dispatch covered it yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's going pretty hot on, on uh, about 13,000 views right now. And basically the essence of the story is Cyril Malabar, right, they face east, period, boom, done, just like in the TLM. Mm -hmm. Well, after Vatican II, there was a faction of priests got more and more liberal, and they started, just like in the Novus Ordo, they started turning the altars around, starting facing the people. Right. Well, a lot of infighting has ensued, and this has been going on for some years. And finally, the um, solution, if you will, is the Cyril Malabar bishops, along with Rome, said, hey, let's do a compromise, if you will, face east during the liturgy of the Eucharist, when you're doing the consecration, all those things, just like in, the, uh, you know, in, a, in a Novus Ordo Mass, you would do it there. But also, during the Liturgy of the, of the Word, you can go ahead and turn to the people and do the reading and preach and all that type of stuff. So that was the compromise. And believe it or not, there's a liberal faction in the Cyril Malabar, right, in India, mm -hmm. that says, no, we will not do it. They have a big kerfuffle, and it's still going on. They're an open rebellion down there. Wow. 
We would like to extend the uh, question, can we have that option for the bishops over here who are taking away the ad orientum option for priests here? Yeah. You know, how about if we extend that to the to right. Latin rite, that right. option? I, that's a fair enough question. I'm, I think it's wonderful because I got to say this, and this is just take a second here to say it, that when the priest is facing uh, east and the people are praying with him, the priest is not on display. And I know no. that's for a fact. Many of the young priests who have tried to do the ad orientum mass, they say it's so neat because I can stay focused. I don't have to be like I'm being entertaining couple hundred people every time I say Mass. So, good point. Oh, absolutely. And they're not turning their back on the people by any means, no, no more than a, than a leader of a military, you know, going into battle. You're leading the people well said. all in the same direction. So focused. It's so wonderful. All right, Brad, uh, number one. What about number two? What do we got? Number two, uh, World Youth Day opening Mass yesterday, not quite as good a story. Uh, about 600 bishops have registered to go to World Youth Day, so there's many hundreds of bishops in attendance. And they were reviewing the uh, video of the opening mass and who was distributing communion. Uh, virtually no bishops were there distributing holy communion. And they have an army, literal army of extraordinary yes. uh, ministers of the Eucharist out there, lay people, uh, distributing communion, taking, it, taking our Lord to the peripheries of the crowd and smelling like the sheep. When the bishops, the shepherds, the ordinary. chief shepherds are, are not doing that, it, it's just a deplorable um, uh, sign of uh, a lack of priesthood for legal, you know, it, it just doesn't come across well to young people. Brad, if I can also add, this is the lowest number of people registering since 1985 when World Youth Day started. Wow. It's, uh, it's um, indicative. But again, um, the ordinary minister of Holy Communion is priest, bishop, you know, obviously, and deacon. So the idea of bringing extraordinary ministers in is just an abuse but, you know, who do we, you know, we're just, we just happen to know our faith well enough to know that. So I want to encourage our listeners to pray and make reparation for those bishops who aren't doing their job. Pray that they that was, realize that they're ordinary ministers and they shouldn't be sitting down on their duff when they should be giving Jesus Christ to the people. That's all I say. Pray for their conversion, that they realize their role as shepherds. Yeah, amen. We finished our Rome dispatch with exactly the same same closing thoughts, it, that exact same same phrase is, uh, you know, don't become disgusted with the church. Right. Uh, don't become disgusted with the shepherds, but pray for them. Yes. Because uh, they need your prayers very much. Um, the third story oh, is an wait. interesting one. I'm not sure if you're going to get this commentary. Okay. Of anybody else, so uh, be watching for it. See if somebody else comes out with it. Yes. The story: Bishop Howard Hubbard of Albany oh, yeah. uh, announced that he contracted or attempted to contract a civil marriage with right. a woman. Yeah. That's the that's the story. Yes. Uh, the the a second line in the in the Pillar article notes that the attempted marriage contracted according to the laws of New York State could lead the Vatican to declare the bishop dismissed from the clerical state. Okay, that leads me to believe, to think, that this queen, sorry, this bishop basically spent his whole life, he's, he's uh, accused uh, of sexual, homosexual predation, Yes, has been for many years, has seven lawsuits against him pending right now right. that are waiting to be adjudicated. Also, he has protected, allegedly and you know, massive, massive number of witnesses coming forth saying that he has protected homosexual clerics and has for all the decades in his, his time he was bishop, uh, homosexual predators. 
And now at the end of his life, it leads us to think that they're protecting the gay, protecting the gay at all costs, the gay uh, mafia. One of him, you know, really at the end of your life, finally just say, oh, I just, I just have to go marry somebody, a female, when you spent your whole life uh, chumming it up with the guys and, and according to reports, doing a lot more than that with guys. Yeah. So, and also number two, this will allow the storyline to come out that he was dismissed from the clerical state owing to uh, this contracted civil marriage with a female instead of, you know, uh, destroying his diocese, running mm-hmm. it into the dirt, you know, in all the stats. Sure. And also protecting the homosexual network and even being acute, having all these lawsuits against him alleging he's a homosexual predator himself. So uh, it, it just really is beyond the pale that they would, you know, do something like this at the end. So. Brad, the good thing that you're bringing up is why St. Alphonsus Liguria, doctor of the church, yesterday we celebrated his feast, and he said the bad example of priests, says the doctor of the church, it robs Jesus Christ of souls redeemed by his blood. And the very fact that you're bringing this story up is showing the seriousness of, again, prayer, reparation. I mean, these are sacrileges that are going on with our shepherds and what they're doing, and they need prayer and reparation so that, you know, we want to see this bishop who's now doing crazy things like and he's been doing them for years, but when he meets his God, I want to be able to at least pray that I say that I prayed for his conversion because— I don't want to just get mad, you know, and say, oh, this is terrible. I'm going to leave the church. No, no, no. Get down on our knees and make say your prayers, your rosaries, your, sac- your sacrifices for these leaders who have fallen away from the teachings of Christ. Absolutely. You brought up Alphonse Liguori. Um, You know, he wrote uh, Duties Dignity. and Dignities yep. of the Priest. That's right. And it's so powerful that, uh, and, and it was missing in the formation of priests in the last 50 years. You think? Because they wanted to be, um, you know, Father Joe Blow Cool, yeah. take off your collar, wear a sweater, and all that type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, when they're doing that type, they, they think that because they, pastorally, that they can get an inroad to the people's, you know, ears, and then they'll start teaching them something. But, Really, it's, it hasn't worked out that way, as we know. Um, priests just left the priesthood, forgot their whole reason, aren't defending, promoting, teaching the deposit of faith. That's right. Uh, and I think you, you, you do that long enough, you start to lose that makes sense. Uh, your faith in the deposit of faith. And I, and I think a lot of pre- priests are shipwrecked by this time. And Brad, I want to just compliment you and Church Militant, because you implement this axiom. Never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. And so by you and your group there, Church Militant, exposing all these problems in the church, it's not because you enjoy doing it. It's just the opposite. You dislike it. But we're trying to stop it by getting this pus out and saying, let's heal this through prayer, and let's hold our leaders accountable because they're going to be accountable on Judgment Day. So we're doing them a favor by exposing them now so they have an opportunity to repent and believe in the gospel. And me too. I'm repenting and believing in the gospel. So I want to encourage everyone who is listening to to get on board, get to Church Militant's website, see all the valuable videos they have on teaching the fundamentals we call the deposit of faith. It's hundreds and hundreds of hours of teaching videos that will help you fall deep in love with Jesus Christ. Uh, Brad, before we go, is there anything else you want to encourage our listeners to do that you might have something on your website that 
Might be. Uh, how about the? How about that big men's conference coming up? Yeah, we have the men's conference starting up uh, uh, Friday evening. Uh, Strength and Honor Conference. Yeah, there you go. Uh, learned about the 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 duties and dignities of of the male. Uh, you know, we, we are part of the, the royal priesthood because of our baptism. Amen. That we are obliged to be priest, prophet, and king. Priest, sanctifying yourself and others with your prayers and yep. sacrifices. Yep. Uh, prophet, first of all, learning the deposit of faith, the truth, teaching the church, and uh, then disseminating those to others, uh, especially those under your charge. And then finally, um, uh, king, ruling yourself according to the teachings, dictates of Christ, and also helping to guide others along that same path. Uh, and that's the essence of manhood, sacrificing, laying down your life as our Lord on the cross, defending uh, others who are weaker by laying down your own life. And uh, if you're not willing to lay down your own life for the defense of others, then you're really not being a man. And that, that, that sense of manhood has to come back today. Well said. And I'll tell you, Pope Paul VI, 55 years ago, on the 25th of July, came out with Hermani Vitae, and he was prophetic of that what would happen if the church teachings on contraception were ignored. He said, infidelity and moral decay, decline. Checkpoint. He got that. Loss of respect for women. Absolutely. Abuse of power. All three of those have come in to our culture and into our church. I would recommend anyone to go online and read it's a short document about Humana Vitae and see why when you get that wrong, you get everything wrong. If you don't understand the transmission of life as being sacred, abortion is prevalent. Of divorce. Oh. Go ahead, Brad. You know, also, the, the, the fact that you're abusing others for your own pleasure yes. instead of uh, putting aside your selfishness for the, for the good of others. That's right. And it's led to a, uh, a, a, an ec a, dec a decades and decades of effeminate That's men. Right. Well said. You nailed it. Thanks again, Brad, for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess isn't here, but Brad, I bet you can answer the question I ask Jesse every day. Jesse, what's, Brad, what state should we be living in, brother? The state of grace, Terry. You nailed it. You nailed it, Brad. And then I always say, Our Lady of Fatima said this, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We just talked about horrendous things going on in the church. Are we going to pray for them or are we just going to say, oh, it's terrible. No, no, no. Please be part of the solution. Get down on our knees. Let's offer a rosary for that bishop. Let's offer a mass, a holy hour, because we can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ through our prayers and actions. Brad, thanks again for joining us here. We'll see you again next week. Same time, same station. I want to thank all of our listeners for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you and your family. And I'll say it right now, full sheen ahead here at EMPR. God bless you.